0: alive are we? Or
1: are we just play things on the Elemis <laughs> board game?
0: Um, welcome to Morph Club. I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. We just read Elemis Chronicles. We sure did. Um, we are both confused,
1: <gasps> but I think happily, so. I liked it. Yeah, I, enjoyed I had a good it. time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but the first third, especially, I. <laughs> I I may need assistance figuring out. Yes,
1: parts of it were inscrutable. I could not scoot it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unlike some of the other Animorphs books where I can, like, read two or three chapters while I'm, like, on a train or, like, with the TV on and sort of, like, you know, getting distracted every five pages, um, this one (laughs) was so... the, The opening was, like, throwing you into an alien world in a way that I... Admire. Yes. But also
1: was very confusing. Yeah, it was dense. This was uh if you are not paying full attention, yeah. then you're going to uh end up three pages ahead and someone's gonna be talking about deep worms and you are gonna be <laughs> off the grid. <laughs> but yeah, do do go read this one for yourselves if yeah, you feel like you would like one. an interesting uh operatic space adventure treat with uh, all that angsty animorphs flavor oh, man. you know and love, even though none of the actual anamorphs are in the bulk of the story.
0: He goes through like all of the emotions of the animorphs. so yeah. He starts out as like just an obnoxious teen, mm-hmm. and then it becomes so dark, and he's like going through wormholes and talking to like a big Lovecraftian thing. Yeah,
1: it's, it's just like, a lot. Library he's at going Mount through it all. Char meets Ender's Game, meets yeah. Animorphs, meets yeah. uh, several other horror story flavors. Yeah. Here.
2: Um,
0: in a way that's like cool. Mm-hmm. Like like I was talking to our friend Steph, um, and she was saying that like this book really stuck with her because there's a lot of like really weird imagery. Yes. Um, and I was like, Yeah, I like I at that when I was talking to her, I was having trouble getting through this book, but I was also like, I really appreciate how weird it is. Mm-hmm. Like I'd much, much rather be reading a book that's just like, hey, going to throw 30 weird alien words and then just have this whole sequence that's just horror and gross and weird. <laughs> like, I'd much rather that than, like, a... A bland yeah. nothing.
1: Yeah, this really... It leaned into its ideas, and it felt like... Yeah, it was just uh, cool. K.A. Applegate was having fun with, okay, this is my last my last, shoot os- yeah. This is my chance to put in all of my fun, weird ideas about... yeah. And they've talked... Uh, or she's talked on record, I think, about how important it was to make things that really felt alien, and this was a yeah. really neat exploration of... Uh, not just like what if people shaped like people lived in a different yeah. place, but like what if uh, we were a communal society because of our need to literally pull together uh, so that our life crystal doesn't fall down. So a cool like yeah. base level, fundamentally different cultural assumptions kind of exploration.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna um, we're gonna recap yes
1: <laughs> as best we can yes and, um, and as briefly gonna, as we can
0: yeah because we're gonna talk with our friend Hani who since we mentioned we might do a podcast, has been
1: wanting to talk about Elmas Chronicles with us. Um, I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah, excited find, about that. Find
1: Honey online at uh, Saffron Scarf on Twitter, yeah. and we will get her to introduce herself more formally when she appears soon.
0: Yeah. Um. So if you already know what happens, that'll be like 20 minutes from now. Yeah, that sounds about right. We can do this. Let's piece together what exactly. <laughs> um, it's honestly... The first third, when it's um, the Elemist on his home planet, that was the most confusing to me.
1: Yeah, that's okay. We can we can skip through it because while that is all cool and interesting, yeah. I bet we can talk about the cool teen stuff with Honey. Yeah. Um. So the the big framing device for this book is it is the Elamist telling the Elamist story to a child in mortal peril. We don't know which yeah. child. Um. We'll find that out at the end of the series, maybe. Yeah.
0: It's one of the Animorphs, mm-hmm. though. Um. And I think. It, it's written in a way that it could be any of them. Yes.
1: Um, deliberately.
0: Yeah. So technically it's spoilers, but I think it's the kind of spoilers where they may have been still figuring out. Yeah.
1: What, like They were just like, here
0: is a stake. We'll figure out which kid later... Here we go.
1: (laughs) No, I I think that was an effective device both to give you, like, here's why we're getting this story, and also, guys, it just gets harder from here on in.
0: Hey, guys, it's going to get real dark, but there (laughs) is, like, one nice thing at the very end, except, you know, they're dying, so, you know... (laughs)
1: <laughs> sorry i'm making a face which is the best <laughs> podcast content but my face was like you know the grinch in the animated like the early yeah. cartoon movies when the grinch invert like turns his whole face inside out and upside down yeah that's, me. that's the face i was trying to make with just, my human face just
0: okay yep. gonna implode my face a little because that's <laughs> that's where i'm at emotionally spiritually <laughs> it's uh it's time so so, so the elmist as a teen he was a gamer he oh was... my god just a regular
1: teen. hmm A gamer um, like you or me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Except the games he played um, are uh, real but not real. They're like super
1: cool virtual He's reality, hyper real. <laughs> yeah, like Spore or Civilization or pick your favorite Sid Meier-esque. Like, what if we could influence a civilization's growth over time with these tiny tweaks? Hyper, yeah. hyper immersive. Like, a lot of the, the kids, the teens in his culture spend a lot of time playing these games.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're doing a lot of... Um, like it's not even necessary. Te- like I don't know. I don't know if it's tech or what, but they're like playing in a virtual world mm-hmm. while their bodies are just hanging out on their home planet of
1: Ket. Right, right. So on um, Ket, life on <laughs> Ket is mostly uh, taken the form of uh, these beings with biological bodies that are kind of birds and kind of yeah. weird, many limbed elf creatures.
0: Yeah, they're. Um, they, they have wings, but also pods, mm-hmm. and they have faces and because they talons.
1: reference smiles and stuff, and yeah. they have talons. And they and they are they're like quills. kissing euphemism is like face to face time or something, oh, right? Because they keep talking about like that. they were gonna get face to face, or like she wanted to get face to face with me. Oh my god! Right, and they have,
0: <laughs> we will talk about moons yeah. later. Oh, I'm we're sure. gonna
1: talk about uh, uh yeah.
0: but there's like all kinds of weird alien biology, which is kind of cool, That's but fun. also i could not picture them <laughs> um what is interesting though is that on the wiki page i saw um someone mentioned that the descriptions of the cat Ket- ketians mm-hmm. are um similar to the descriptions like biblical descriptions of oh like angels. cherubim yeah of yeah like, angels, cher- of like, yeah, like a, cherubim the has devs, like four legs yeah. yeah that is cool um which like the Elemist ends up being, um, like, he is taking care of Earth, so I guess you could, Im- like, infer that he told people
2: about Yeah, sure. You know, in, in the Animorphs universe, cool.
1: not only did the Animorphs kill the dinosaurs, but, like, yeah. this god-angel being just <laughs> was a gamer like one of us. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Um, But, yeah, in
0: the opening, he's just a gamer.
1: Yep. He just... And he he keeps
0: losing, because oh. he keeps challenging his buddies and playing this game, but he just wants... To, like, protect these little, like, little alien creatures and help them. And everyone else w- wins because they're just, like, heartless. Yeah, and,
1: and aggressive. Mean. So it does, it spends a little while talking about, like, different philosophies and play styles, Yeah. Which is cool. So he's, <laughs> like, is... you know, sorry, I said cool with, like, an italic and a capital C. I enjoyed reading it. It's, like, fun to nerd out very, over. Yeah.
0: It's very, like, um. one of our friends said it was, like, Pokemon. And it's, like, yeah, it's, like, when you have, like... Like, I lose a lot because mm-hmm. I mostly want to have a team a of team. Pokemon I like yep. that are cute. Mm-hmm. But people who, like, win all the time are people where they have, like, the cold calculating, like, I'll have 12, like, psyches. i <laughs> I'll train them all I'm and then I'll have the train IV, them for Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, like, no judgment because it's a game. Yep. It's fine. Um, it's fine until but... the
1: stakes become too real.
0: Yeah, because in the Kedian world, it's like gamers are not... It's more like war games or like, um, it, it's not video games per se. Like, because when he said that he was a gamer, I was ready to start dunking on yeah. him. <laughs> um But in his defense, when he gets on like a spaceship later, it's not just because he like accidentally wanders in. It's like in their world, you play these simulation games and that's like a part of their... Uh, like culture yeah is... it's like it's
1: a big part of their experience because their physical bodies have to spend so much time with their question mark docking talents. Yeah. attached like they can't their physical bodies can't move a lot so they've developed like a hyper realistic internet uh which they com- yeah. can they communicate via memes which are not memes. memes but are very close
0: it's like instead of an email it's yeah. a mem yeah so they mem each it's other. good um, a
1: lot of... Reading this first... Um, reading this first... He structures the book into three lives. Yeah. So reading this first life felt a lot yeah. like the... Um, I have not seen a lot of Star Trek, but that episode where they uh, they come to a planet where everyone speaks only in metaphor. It's like the, the Temba, <laughs> his arms wide episode. And just everyone... Oh. The only method of communication is referencing like long dead cultural works. <laughs> so when I read a sentence like, he was going to mem me about face-to-face time later and spread his pods <laughs> wide. I was like, I don't... I I know that these words have letters, and that is where my understanding stops.
0: It really felt like I fell into, like, weird fanfic for a fandom Mm -hmm. I am not in. Right. I I, styles, I guess, I know, hmm, question mark. Like, huh, okay, so
1: what's going on? (laughs) You get to play the fun game of being, like, cultural archaeologist. What's a pod? (laughs) (laughs) What isn't a pod? Um, that's actually podcasting. It's time yeah. for us to reveal that we were Kettians all along. <laughs> yeah. All podcasters have pods and docking talons.
0: Yeah, we've just been grabbing on.
1: Yep. Hanging um, on for dear life to the deep worm of our emotions.
0: Yeah, when we say that the Kettians are constantly holding on and flapping, that's because, like, their planet is, like, lava and then a big old crystal
1: right right so it's only (laughs) they live inside this crystal and the flapping creates enough lift that the crystal doesn't fall into a lava
0: and they've decided that they can never evolve anything to like like they all have to flap Mm -hmm. and then they like they come into contact with like another like like a specifically the lms comes into contact with like other aliens that are building some kind of sky foil so they won't have to flap. And he's like, whoa, whoa, you won't have to flap all the time.
1: (laughs) And it's kind of cool because they get into a little discussion of, like, how is that going to affect, like, the the way we value community and the way we literally have to work together or us will die. Like, how is that going to shift our cultural norms? Um, But in the meantime, the Elemist has been tapped to join this cool spaceship.
0: Yeah. And he's not the top of his class or whatever, so he's – He's confused why he got picked, so he talks to this older cat who's his, like, mentor? He uses some other word, but it's clearly, like, his, like, neighbor slash mentor. And he's, like, this cold-calculating scientist because it's, like, a science um, Expedition. expedition. And he basically says, like, hey, Tumen. By the way, Tumen is his... The Elmists' chosen name?
1: Oh, I like that too. They yeah, have like they three names. Have, yes. They all they all are assigned a name at birth, but then they get to choose a name that everybody uses with them. And then yeah. they have their gamer name. Their gamer name. <laughs> so well, their PlayStation we... <laughs> Network tags yeah. are how we refer yeah. to them for the rest of the they're story. Like... Their birth
0: name is like their address because mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. they're all living in specific parts of the crystal. So he's like Azure level, blah 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 blah. So then he has like the name that he picked, and then he has his gamer tag, <laughs> um, which is like a cool way of like that's that's pretty good. It's a good that system. That sounds good. Yeah. Um. So his mentor tells him like, "Hey, you keep losing all the time," but. <laughs> Like, tactically, in those tests, you do really well. It's just that you care too much. Yeah.
1: And we kind of need people who care too much. <laughs> yeah, Nicole, He's like, listen, we have a lot of very technically proficient people. You know what we don't have? An altruistic loser. <laughs> so yeah. please, join us. I think he even refers to him as a beautiful loser. It's a really beautiful loser. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sweet. And Aww. I do I do appreciate that the alumist is, like, dunking on himself and getting yeah. dunked on constantly by yeah. everyone else around him.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's really likable at yeah. this point cuz he's just like a kid, but he also like he cares really he cares a lot mm-hmm. about how, why he he wants to win a certain way yeah. and he he doesn't like being like like everyone else plays to like dest- like they win by destroying everything and mm-hmm. he's like I don't like that.
1: Yeah, and more than just more than just he wants the species to succeed, he wants to do it in like a minimally invasive way. So it's yeah. not just altruistic, it's like you want to do this while preserving as much of the original culture and flavor as possible. So, yeah. you know, still big question marks about, like, mm, colonial influences, but oh, yeah. but he's doing his best.
0: Yeah, well, like, it's definitely for him at this point more of a technical, like, right.
1: it's a how can
0: I go in with as little, like, effect as, po- like, like, maximum payoff for, like, minimal... minimum invasion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like it's a game and I think I'm I'm I was unclear the entire time on how real these games are because later on later on it seems like they aren't real. Mm-hmm. Um so mystery. Who knows? Um anyway. So he's chosen for this scientific expedition. Mm-hmm. Um Peace. he's like, Whoa, this is wild. <laughs> um, a girl he likes is the other one chosen. And um
1: they go on this expedition Mm -hmm. they do a lot of training they're separated he starts feeling like he's drifting away from all his gamer friends he can't play as many games (laughs) yeah there's like a whole section where he has like a horrible inner monologue about like what's wrong with me i'm just like a liberal arts kid at heart i spend so much time gaming i have to change my life oh wait never mind actually i'm perfect so it's it's cute it's like who among us has not been that self-searching teen
0: and he's also crushing hardcore on this girl and uh-huh. her moans and oh her pods God. and her every. So, like, we should, we we'll should get spell into moans, that. Which
1: is um, apostrophe M O N E S, like hormones, <laughs> not M O A N S.
0: I didn't realize. I think I missed the apostrophe every time. So, it's just like, what's a moan?
1: Well, okay, I might <laughs> have invented makes, the apostrophe, no, but I just assumed it was short for either hormones or pheromones. Probably pheromones, that given so that they're weird, much more weird birds.
0: Yeah. That, like, is all coming together now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's like real into her mm-hmm. um, and they're also friends, and they're learning all these things together. things seem uh, to be going
1: great, yeah. Uh... Somewhere in there, they meet that other crystal that we talked about. And the, yeah. the people on this other crystal have like overthrown their elders through the practice yeah. of democracy, the forbidden art. <laughs> um, and they've started to develop a new technology that they think will let them broadcast, uh, communicate via radio waves. So no yeah. longer will people have to be docked into this crystal like literally with their hands to get memes. You would be able to yeah. get memes from across the world. <laughs> Just, Just get on intergalactic memes. Discord. You're fine. Um, um, and So that's mysterious.
0: Yeah. he's like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Right. Um, and on the expedition, they're also, like, taken aside by, by his higher-up, Lackova. Yeah. How could oh, I not mention... Good. For lack of a better name. Yeah. The, uh, his mentor's name is Lakava is his chosen name. Cute. Because he's, like, real cool. Um, and he, I think it's him who is saying, like, there's stuff you don't know about this expedition. Mm-hmm. There's... Mm-hmm. There's, like, an extra escape shuttle thing in case something goes wrong that's, like, not how we do things. And
1: And we're not actually just a secret scientific expedition. In fact, we are investigating a signal we received, like, a couple of years ago from a drone that was captured and destroyed by a really violent species. So we're going to go out there to try to broker peace. If we can't broker peace, then at the very least, we have to absolutely not tell these dangerous aliens where yeah. our home is at, because good news, we can't broadcast radio yeah. waves. So nobody knows where we are in the galaxy. Yeah.
0: And they're doing that on purpose, because, yeah. like, part of why he was so upset by this other, this other, the, I think they're the Polars or the other crystal. Yeah, the Polar alien. Crystal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because the idea of any kind of, like, communications with other groups is, like, horrifying to... The cats.
1: Yeah, who are literally insulated by, like, these crystals yeah. that they hardly ever go outside of, which is another <laughs> really cool detail.
0: Um, but I think it's like they think, well, we can't be, if they don't know we're here, they right. can't even come. Um So, all seems great.
1: They're excited to do this cool expedition. Yeah. Uh, they are in the middle of training one day, and uh, the alchemist is looking lovingly, crushingly across <laughs> the crystal at this girl who's, like, blasting pheromones at him. <laughs> When, unfortunately, uh, yeah. indirectly in his line of vision behind the girl, the entire crystal structure just explodes.
0: Yeah, so remember in Animorphs some things were like <laughs> cute and fun and then uh-huh. all of a sudden everything fell apart? Right, exactly so, one cr- third of the way into yeah. the book. Yeah, crystals busted. Mm-hmm. A bunch of them die. Yeah. His crush is totally injured, but she, she is alive um he's trying to figure out what's going on there's like another alien
1: ship and he can see the alien inside and he can see beyond them like all the cat are still flying inside the home crystal so he's hopeful like oh maybe maybe they'll be able to create enough lift to save it maybe we're gonna be okay we can go home yeah but then this massive alien ship from which the smaller one sprung off appears and fires like a flechette gun and immediately kills literally every cat in his entire home civilization or inside uh, inside that home crystal, rather.
0: Yeah. So it, like now, all the cat that are left are in um their science ship. The mm-hmm. ones who haven't been like destroyed by the crystal blast. Yeah. Um. So he he goes and he is trying to figure out how to stop the alien in the, the yeah. single ship.
1: Yeah. So the the big alien ship sent off this little like exploratory vessel, so yeah. you can see this single alien inside the single small ship, which has sped away to investigate their scientific exploration ship and has, like, gotten way inside the ship's force field. So everyone is rushing around trying to power up the engine so they can escape yeah. the planet before this big alien ship fires on them. Uh, and Tumin is the only one who, like, knows and wants to figure out a way to deal with this yeah. smaller alien ship, which will probably also kill them, given the chance.
0: Um, and this is like where why gamers are on the ship kind of comes into play because it's like he's able to kind of figure out the best way out of the solution. So like mm-hmm. it ends up making sense that gamers are such a big deal uh, in their culture in a way that I wasn't <laughs> expecting.
1: Yeah. Um, and this this scene was, it reminded me so strongly of, um, you know, I loved dunk on Ender's Game now because Orson yeah. Scott Card has some bad ideas. Um, but there's that scene in the first book Where Ender is playing the mind game with the giants and figures out that the only way out is through is to kill the giant that's, like, giving him the cups. Um, So Tooman figures out that he has to break off a spar of the crystal that builds up the whole ship and use that to, because it's part of the force field, it can break through the force field and kill the other alien.
0: Yeah. So he kills this alien and it's really, like um
1: it's a huge deal like this is a cardinal sin for their people it feels like is taking a sentient life is the biggest taboo they have
0: yeah and he is really affected by it and
1: it's it's not just like
0: he fired off his missile and
1: (laughs) killed the (laughs) right like it's like he's haunted yeah no it, it felt very convincingly affected like you said yeah um but he like
0: ends up saving the cat who are on the ship doing that Mm -hmm. um and he ends up being this like hero because he did this and he's sort of confused by this whole thing because it's like he has like this this other mentor wants to suddenly take credit for helping him out and like he's promoted in like the cat ship hierarchy yeah um and then we get like a little flash forward to like was it 30 years from that or a bunch of years? Uh,
1: Yeah. A big enough time has passed that uh, some of the commanders have died off and he's been promoted further up to the point where he is now the commander of the ship. They've been traveling for like for a long time. I think a whole generation uh, because they are the last living cat. There are like under a hundred of them where once there were hundreds of thousands of cat on these many flying crystals, which were all destroyed by the aliens. Uh, So these are the last of the cat. They are searching for a new home uh, on this tiny, tiny scientific exploration ship.
0: Um, And they're kind of, like, scoping out nearby um, civilizations and trying to find somewhere um, that works for them. But they're also – it sounds like they're not as peaceful as they used to be. Yeah. Yeah, this was um, sad, Because they're in survival mode.
1: Yeah, they've, like, physically changed the way their ship is structured. They've built up weapons copying from the the alien ship that got stuck in them way back when. Um, So now they have the concept of weapons and violence and are, like, building that into all the new changes they make to their ship.
0: Um and he talks about how like there's a lot of different factions within the remaining cat. Um and like Menno I think is one of his like former gamer.
1: Oh Menno friends? Menno came from the Polar Crystal. Meno was oh, okay, the one yeah. who flew over um and told them about hey guys, have you heard about democracy <laughs> and yeah. also radio waves for distant yeah. memes?
0: Um, because Menno specifically has a lot of like ideas that are completely um opposing tumens and that yeah and and he's saying sort of saying that like we all kind of are making it work right now and we're all kind of listening to each
1: other but it's a tenuous balance could happen yeah yeah um oh there's a lot of um when he's talking about the weapons um there's a point where he explicitly mentions like so the reason these aliens attacked them, the Capuchin, the Capuchin? That <laughs> Capuchin? I kept, yeah, I was like confused between the monkey name and the pepper name. Somewhere between Ca- yeah, those cap-saicin. two. Yeah, Capsaicin. <laughs> is the name of these aliens. Yeah. The reason these aliens came after them is that uh, when Menno's people in the polar crystal started blasting out radio waves, yeah. they weren't just sending like, hello world, how are you? They started yeah. sending out these games. Uh, but they didn't indicate that the records they were blasting yeah. out were game records. So to the yeah. aliens, it looked like they were receiving... Like, a history of, like, hey, yeah. we, the cat are a race of Check people out. who like to <laughs> manipulate other civilizations into murdering each other for fun and profit. Yeah,
0: Check out our vines of us murdering <laughs> entire planets. In six seconds
1: or less, <laughs> they are all gone.
0: So, you know, Capsic, Cap, Cap, Caps.
1: <laughs> our Caps. Our friends, the Caps.
0: The Caps, totally, like, I think they do say that this alien... Like These species they like them. very violent. They get yeah. really violent, like like if something like they can like turn on a dime and get really violent. Um but, but in I this think case they're
1: yeah.
2: justified. Yeah. Um
1: <sighs> so anyway, they um uh, the men talks a little bit about like uh or he's reflecting internally on we lost our whole world. We lost all of our people because the caps thought we were aggressors, even though we are not aggressors, and the lesson that we learned was to get violent and always be prepared (laughs) to receive violence and return it with violence. I guess that's weird, but I can't afford to think about that right now.
0: I think also at this point, is this when Menno is taught, like he mentions that Menno wants to engineer the next generation to be adapted to this new way of life. Like he, Mm -hmm. he wants, like he wants the next generation to, I think it was not have wings or
1: no, no wings, no docking talons.
0: Um, like, because he's thinking of, like, we have to adapt to this lifestyle, whereas Tumen and, like, the the other ones who are sort of more on his end of things want to get to a planet so they can be um Ket again. Because yeah. Ket, like, they love open sky. There's a couple points where they have to be inside a ship or inside of something, and they get really, really scared because Yeah, no a sky. lot like the
1: Andalites, which was very, yeah. very touching. Um, I also, like, all of the things where he
0: was talking about being a cat and flying reminded me a lot of Tobias um, yeah. talking about being a bird, which is sort of nice. And I was like, Oh, maybe that's part of why the like Elmis likes Tobias so much. Oh. Um, <sighs> but I mean, like there's like shades of all the kids in the Elmis, which is pretty cool. Um,
1: yeah. I, I do like that. All of the, all of the spin-off books are kind of about the universality. That's not a word. Uh, the universal experiences yeah. of being a teen and like the ways yeah. that all of these people from very, very, very different times and places are connected and, Uh, shared values and shared miserable teen experiences yeah
0: it's like hey we're all going through we all got we're all going through
1: some stuff we've all got some moans we're going through some changes (laughs) um anyway so they're they're searching for life they have failed in this like 60 times on 60 different planets or some number slightly larger than that but on the right order of magnitude um on this new planet and it a signal of life so they want to send a skimmer down to the planet itself to check it out
0: yeah so this planet <laughs> oh boy Spoiler. this planet not great
1: full eldritch <laughs> horror planet style i had, i had forgotten how messed up this is uh my brain kind of edited out this, the middle oh, third it's of real this bad. Book. Yeah. so they it's, i mean
0: i kind of it's, like, really bad in a way that I thought was
1: really cool. Mm-hmm. But it's Right, it's horrific. extremely effective horror. It's, like, whew, talk about nightmares. Um, so the Elemis leads this expedition down to the planet with, I think, his crush, I think his mentor, like, all of the people most important to him come down with yeah. him on the ship.
0: Partly because, like, they're his faction.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, like, there's only so many cats, yep. so some of them are going to go down with him. <laughs> So there's this giant ocean. Um, beautiful blue sphere. Beautiful ocean. Mm-hmm. And and they have like readings that there are sentient beings or life somewhere. Elec- yeah, they in see the electricity.
1: Ocean. So they assume, like, okay, maybe there's like a sentient fish people that are uh, harnessing this and we can talk to them and see what their deal is. Let's go try to parlay. So they, they're skimming the waves, they're crossing the water. They see a um, very big fish. <laughs>
0: Very big. And they're like, that fish is so big. How
1: big is it? Well, it could swallow them (laughs) entirely whole. Uh,
0: It is a fish as big
1: as the eye can see. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah, there is a point where they're describing, like, these electricity readings go all the way out to the horizon. Like, underneath us, everything is this fish?
0: Yeah, it's so... They're like, that seems weird. So they go a little bit closer to check Mm. it out. And just a whole bunch of tentacles come out and... Everybody's gripped, and Tuman is, as far as he knows, the last one to get
1: not
2: dead. Yeah, yeah,
1: he, like, uh, the the ship is a- physically attacked by these things, and he sees some of his friends die around him, and then he, like, gets caught by the neck, and then blacks out, and then he wakes up, and he's back at home. Yep, and... Seems, every- seems chill, right? Seems like everything seems is fine, cool. it was all a bad dream. He's
0: talking to his friend. Love he's it. He's he's it seems normal and then he's like wait a minute
1: this this can't be real <laughs> i did see you die i did see you all die so uh i really i think we've talked before about how good applegate is at rating dreams that are effectively freaky and this really this scene stuck out to me as like yeah. oh my god like the the slow creeping horror of like it's not an immediate like turns to the camera point and scream body snatcher's moment it's more his friends acting like subtly wrong in slowly bigger and bigger ways and like saying things they should not know uh, that enables him to cotton on to like okay hold up Uh, this is some some part of this is real either i am dead or you're all dead or this is a hallucination but like somebody tell me what's going on
0: yeah so he starts talking to meno specifically and he's like wait this it doesn't look right um and he suddenly is like, wait, you're all dead. And the, like, dream starts to fall apart. <sighs> and turns out um, he's, like, in a bunch of tentacles and, like, everyone else is dead and they're still kind of floating around Ugh. there with this, like, giant creature holding on to them. And, like, he's the only one who survived, but he's only kind of surviving because he's attached to this being yeah
1: it's like what if what if that scene in the matrix where keanu reeves wakes up in a pod yeah, but instead of a pod it was a giant octopus and instead of being yeah. surrounded by sleeping people he was surrounded by visibly dead people also yeah. plugged into this big octopus
0: yeah and the octopus just wanted to spend eternity playing horrible games <laughs> <laughs> playing murder chess
1: with you with your brain and you alone yeah yeah like listen btus are fine but what i really want is to just uh yeah. defeat you in super smash brothers for the next trillion years
0: yeah, because um, he talks to Father, oh, which yeah. is the name of this <laughs> horrific creature, oh. um, and he's like, what What do you want with me? I cried. Menno said, because Menno is the face that it has chosen to show him, Cool. <laughs> um, it is lonely with only the dead for company. I want to play a game, Ellen. Oh, it's so spooky. <laughs> so then he plays, like, literally years of his years playing horrible games mm-hmm. with this being yep
1: and anytime he refuses father just turns off the illusion and leaves him floating alone underwater in the dark surrounded by like his dead friends bumping into him and this is like he i think he says ten thousand games so like we can only imagine how many like thousands of years this actually went on for
0: um and then he like he he loses all of them until there's one game where father like the game is like making music yeah like that's the game so
1: father acquires new games because every once in a while alien ships sh- like crash into yeah. the planet and father eats them so like the yeah. aliens die and he's like okay cool now i'm just gonna jack into your brain yeah. fire up those neurons and steal those memories
0: how could we forget to mention that father is not just the cat
1: oh yeah father Sorry. is
0: a collection of every alien it has like absorbed and Fathers really have new ideas himself, mm-hmm. but he, if if there's a new body with a new brain to like, Mine. you know, collect the electricity or whatever from, check those pathways, he'll have a new game. Yep.
1: It's like, listen, um, you want to get on the Nintendo <laughs> store, you're going to download yeah. this Andalite tree game. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. What you are going to need to do is bring me one dead Andalite. E-shop e- yeah. coins are no good here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you gotta, gotta put that Andalite in there.
1: <laughs> Just stuff it in that vending machine box. <laughs>
0: Um. So this game is like they go to an alien planet. They're walking around, and then a father (laughs) pulls out this flute and (laughs) plays some music. It's cool.
1: Devil went down to Georgia, which I really did appreciate.
0: And neither of them know what music is until now, so they're like, eh, so like Tuman is watching this, like, oh my goodness, (laughs) oh my goodness. Um. So he loses this time because when he tries to play, he can't make anything good come out. Yeah. But
1: he's thinking about this for hundreds of games after this which is horrific yeah oh my god and he's uh he's doing this he's got some meta strategy going on because while he is spending (laughs) literally all of his time devoted to thinking about this music he's like taking great care to in the actual game itself only get a little bit better every time and like continue to actually lose the game so that father can't see how well he's progressing
0: yeah because at this point he's thinking okay if i beat father maybe he'll either kill me or let me go or Mm -hmm. something different will happen right because he's stuck in this holding pattern of having to play all these games. So, of course, he's going to try to win.
1: Just to, like, like maybe... For some kind of novel stimulation, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's desperate. He's as desperate yeah. as Father is at this point. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of stuff in, both with him and Father and him and Cryak later, of, like, when you're playing a game with, like, when there's only one other person to play a game with, even if you're being forced to play with them, that's all you have, too. Yep. Um So there's this, like, claustrophobic, like, horror feeling, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So he gets him to play the music game again. But this time, Tuman has figured out how to win. And he plays this song that is, like, like he's feeling all the feelings of all his loved ones – and he starts to sing with his cat voice and father's like, whoa, what is this?
1: <laughs> right. Cause father's father's played literally the same piece every time, which is yeah, also he can't, a really good detail.
0: Yeah. He can't improvise. Mm-hmm. And, and Tuman the the just is, is saying like, I can improvise. So like, that's how I, I knew that eventually I could probably defeat him.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, with the power so of he... his deep sorrow and his jazz flute solo
0: and also um he says something like only only a oh, cat could play this yeah. only and az- only i can play the azure so he's playing the blues yeah
1: yeah it's the blues it's the blues <laughs> and that's the part of the crystal he came from and it's the song all about like his loneliness and being a failure so it is he's learning to play the blues baby yeah <laughs> which is a little cheesy but yeah, also but this was I also bought it. really I'm on cool board.
0: yeah like i liked the ga- that the games that he was playing weren't just more games of uh civilization or whatever like there's also like we like this
1: is one of the games yeah. um
0: but he the father doesn't kill him father gets in, so mad anything. yeah father gets so
1: mad that he like he doesn't literally unplug him but like father's consciousness retreats from him and goes like goes away to sulk basically
0: yeah um and he's getting a little like the element is a little um lonely and he starts talking to like like the memory of his his um, dead uh, girlfriend slash friend. Yeah. Um. I forget her name. Um. Oh no, me too. Like,
1: She's not just Podmia, but it is. You Podnia. know, she has like she, she has a really interesting. Yeah. Um. And he's not but, just talking to like he's not just remembering her. He's like yeah. He's figured out how to reach through this horrible neural yeah. network and like do the same activating the, the yeah. static of the stasis cells of the... or, like, activating yeah. her brain in the state that it was when she died. So, like, yeah, this is not a real person. It's, like, a ghost of a person. Yeah,
0: it's, like... The, because Father basically just takes their bodies into himself, like, her brain and stuff are still there, and they're still in stasis. Mm-hmm. Like, Tuman's body is in stasis the entire time this is happening. So he can talk to... I think it's, like, her brain... Exactly at that moment, yeah. when she died, like the whatever was set there, he can kind of talk to, so he can kind of trigger like about what she
1: would say if he right. said these things to her. Right, but she can't do anything new. She's just no. like frozen.
0: Yeah, she's like a a video.
1: Yeah. Oh no, it is <laughs> like, like a looping. Except she's video. alive. Yeah.
0: Like it's really it's, it's horrible. Really sad it's really, and dark.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but he ends up figuring out like because he spent all this time being part of father, literally. He realizes how he can um like download the information of what made her like what there is left of her into himself. And so he does that for her and all the cat and all of he ends up like all of the other aliens that he can reach. Mm-hmm. He like takes them into himself and is like become like they're merging with him. It's mm-hmm. this whole like so he's not thing. just Tuman anymore.
1: He's like this collection of greater greater consciousnesses from all of these disparate aliens. Yeah.
0: Um and then father is the only thing left and that's just like like there isn't much to him.
1: Mm-hmm. He's just
0: this alien that he's is like just a like, sponge. Yeah. I think he yeah, literally a sponge. Mm-hmm. Um and so he
1: wins. Yeah, Tuman Tuman <laughs> eats father? Question mark. Yeah. Metaphorically. Uh, So,
0: um, he, he, the last mind he observed was father. When I took him, I took nothing. There was no father, no mind at all. So that's fun. This is only halfway into the book, (laughs) but I like the sequence was really cool and horrible. And, um, so, so yeah, so now, now that he's done this, his like prize is this planet that's literally full of dead people Uh he's still this is not magic he's
1: still plugged into this horrible like tentacle hole
0: yeah he takes the tentacle out his body is okay but his wings are all messed up because they weren't connected to Mm -hmm. the tentacle and like it's just dead bodies around him he goes farther and like explores and there's all these ships from all the other aliens that came to this planet and, and they're like abandoned which i really love that Like the imagery of that is really cool. Mm -hmm.
1: This horrible Um, elephant's graveyard of like ships on ships on ships. And he finally Uh, it like I think it takes like a year for him to dry out his wings and take care of it. Oh yeah. No, the whole process is so lengthy, but somewhere in there he like he manages to fly again and just starts crying in the middle of it because he hasn't been able to do it for hundreds of years.
0: Um and he talks about how he he's looking through all of these Mm. planes and stuff. He ends up like augmenting his body and stuff. And he's like building this like technological body on top of his own body and he spends like years and years and years doing this by talking to all of the alien brains that he
1: Yeah, that was um, also downloaded. very cool. Yeah. Um like, like he which says, tech genius can help me figure out how to build this cool cyborg hack yeah. so that I can actually contain all these minds. But you had a screenshot of it.
0: Yeah. Um All of the minds that I had downloaded into mine, they were all there, all crowded now into my own limited Ketron brain. I was a computer running a thousand SIRs at once. My own body seemed to exist in infinite variations. I had hands, feet, wings, tentacles, stingers, prods, claws, feelers. I had eyes of every kind. I could see light all across the spectrum. I could see x-rays and cosmic rays and microwaves. I had ears to hear only the deepest bass notes and ears to hear only the highest pitches. And ears to hear a fuzzball floating on a breeze on a thousand years' distance yards distance and all of it all these sense memories all crammed into my own inadequate body and brain um which is so
1: cool Mm -hmm. and horrible but beautiful (laughs) um it is it is really both addressing it's not just like hey i have a friend i can talk to in my brain it's like oh no there are all these different sensory processing capabilities that i don't have but i have a memory of having and like how do you how do you deal with that how do you handle that
0: and he, he even kind of talks about how he's not really Tuman anymore. Now that he is this greater thing, um, Tumen is like he says, like I surface me, Tumen, mm-hmm. but I was in control, but I was not in control. Um, but part of the parts of the thing where they're talking about feeling all of these other selves within reminded me a lot of how the kids talk about um the, oh, the animal brain. Yeah. Aww. Um and it's kind of that idea of like, when they acquire something, they have, like, kind of a respect for it, and they're kind of trying to learn from it instead of just trying to crush it and take it over for themselves like the Yorks do, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a cool way to kind of integrate the way the Elmist is experiencing life with right, the, with the with kids. with the Animorphs.
1: Somewhere in here, I think it's in this chunk of the book, um, there is, he's like, oh, this is right, as as he's building these ships, he gets to a point where his he's got his mind expanded, he's got... like this giant structure of ships all around him. He leaves the moon, he blasts into Z space and he blows up the moon behind him. Um, And in here, he's trying to figure out like, how do I parse this? What do I do? Maybe I'll like create subroutines of people. Maybe I'll like try to create these memories, these echo ghosts of my friends or like these other aliens I've talked to. And eventually he figures out that it's not going to work. There's no way you can create a sentient being that doesn't also have free will. So all of these echoes are just like weird, horrible ghosts. And there's, there's a line in there that's like, freedom and sentience are inseparable the captive programmed mind is no mind at all and it was like okay there it is oh, there's the thesis of Animorphs yeah. coming back right at us again oh that's so
0: good uh, <sighs> so he spends a really long time building himself into this like horrible brain with with technological body so he's a ship but he's, he's also himself. yeah he's like a living ship cyborg combo Um, and he starts flying around Mm in space. Um, he... He doesn't know what to do
1: for a long time. He, like, doesn't have a purpose.
0: Um, eventually he decides that he wants to have a body again. (laughs) So he, like, he goes to this planet and he makes a copy of one of like a biological copy of one of them Mm -hmm. and he goes into this body and surprise it's an Andalite body. Oh,
1: I love this sequence. This is is heartbreaking. Yeah. I didn't expect
0: this at all for some Mm -hmm. reason. Um, So he like becomes an Andalite and it's like really, really early in Andalite development like they don't seem to be thought speaking yet they're doing like sign language
1: they have sign language and like emotion projection yeah which is a really cool combo of like we can you can kind of see how they get to thought speak from there
0: yeah and also like they have all those fingers that's probably good for
1: (laughs) for, right you've got uh, additional digits for like additional alphabet yeah
0: um which is really cool so he he goes and like the andalites are kind of suspicious of him at first um but then like he like there's like another animal on their planet attacking their scoops and, like, he... I think he helps them.
1: Yeah, he, like, uh, for the most part, like, the the biological body that he made didn't have a lot of room to be the full elemist uh, self that's developed yeah. over, like, the thousands put, of years he's been traveling. So he only put his little gamer teen self, like, yeah. he put two men into that mind and he was like, yeah. I'm gonna be limited. I'm going to check in with my biotech brain once in a while, but for the most part, I'm not going to involve myself like, at a greater technical level than I can or than that the Andalites have, except when this big monster shows up, I am going to shoot it with my gun so that yeah. these Andalites do not die. Yeah.
0: But it's like he has this cool, like, ancillary, like, um, Yeah, an it, is, it is but, like an
1: ancillary. Yeah.
0: Um, and it's like because he's no longer Tumen. Mm-hmm. Um, Tumen is one of the many selves that are in this big brain so like yeah, but he gets Andalite to give to tuman yeah tuman and like all of the memories of like the people who mattered to tuman but oh, also f- all the bad stuff that happened like he's like i i didn't want to but i felt i had to put in the memories of father of what yeah. happened to the Ketron planet i had to put all that in there but he could have all that so like he he like finds this comfort in having his self split like that and he he says like he starts a life in the andelite planet the tuman andelite and he will, like, occasionally beam back all of his memories. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, backup. The, the visual of
1: this tiny Andalite talking yeah. to this giant Elemist ship structure is really, yeah. really cool. And also, this, this would be another good OVA. Like, yeah, really spooky, but I it's would watch it. really cool.
0: It. And it's, like, the way that in the writing they kind of... The sense of which self is the true self is, like... It's messy. It's cool. Because he's, mm-hmm. like, he's saying, like, oh, I was always happy when... He would come back and give memories to me, but then it'll like flip and like Tumen is really the Andalite, and yeah. uh, but it's like they're they, he likes being able to split and be himself, <laughs> but also like be able to give to like these happy himself. memories yeah. to this like big overbrain. <laughs> um, so he's living on the Andalite planet. He oh. has like a little. He gets like he has an Andalite wife. He has a little Andalite baby. Oh, baby oh, this... Tree. Yeah. Um, but then Tree dies of um, some congenital condition, mm-hmm. um, and there's this really heartbreaking part where he is saying, like, oh, I could figure out how to stop it, like, if I went to, like, the the bigger elemist um, brain, like, we could really, we figured out really quickly how we could fix this, but the last time I tried to do something like that, that's how everything went wrong. Yeah. So maybe well, I that should... Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he ends up not doing it, but he's like still heartbroken. And then his his wife is saying like, "We should have another, should have another kid, yeah." <laughs> and he's like, "That kid might die. We can't." Um, but she's basically saying like, "Yeah, they this next baby might die too, but we have to keep trying because
1: yeah. if we have more children, some will live." We're like, yeah. "More children, some live" is the thing she keeps saying. Yeah, to him.
0: and that's kind of like what he. That ends up being, like, I think if he realizes that this is his, not mantra, but, like, this is kind of what he's doing this for. Yeah,
1: it's like you you have to seed life wherever you can and be a force for good wherever you can. And it it won't always work out, but some of it
0: will. Because, like, the whole, like, when he was with father, father is this dead thing Mm -hmm. that can't do anything new. So it keeps cycling through the same routines or whatever what gave Tuman the Elmist an edge was being able to keep trying and keep trying to innovate because if you keep trying, it might work out okay at some point if you keep going. So he says like, we did have another kid and that kid was like that kid lived. Yeah. Like there's a chance, like there's that little chance. So I had to keep going. Oh,
1: it's Um, really good. It's a really, really really strong part of the book. Yeah.
0: So, um, he ends up like floating through space and seeing this big like consciousness.
1: Yeah, so point. he's he um he spends a long time floating through space. Uh, he sees uh, a couple of species at war and acting on instinct, he like intervenes. He like puts up yeah. a force field to separate them from each other, like, uh, ends up altering their their space such that he drops an asteroid belt in there and yeah. is like, okay, in a thousand years, I'll come back and check on them. They won't have been able to fight each other for a thousand years. This is just like games I used to play. They're going to be okay.
0: Yeah. So he so goes he...
1: around the galaxy, like, being a peacemaker, like, trying to spread knowledge, like, yeah. do minimal invasion, but, like, do give people tools to do better and, like, do stop wars wherever he can.
0: Yeah. And he, and he, he feels a little lonely, but also he's having, like, he feels good about helping out all these other aliens. Mm-hmm aliens he goes back to check on this system with the yeah. asteroid belts yeah and like he realizes a thousand years
1: later or whatever else
0: yeah so he goes back to check and it turns out that like they'd stopped fighting each other <laughs> um but I think it was like one I think the inner the planet inside the asteroid belt just like turned on themselves and yeah
1: like all... there's nothing left by the yeah. time he gets back. it has been like nuked to nuked completely out yeah. of existence, which is like extra heartbreaking for him because I think they got the idea from like he used nuclear technology yeah. to separate the asteroid belt in the first place, so this is his first inkling, like, oh my God, I've been doing this for a thousand years, like or you know however many tens of thousands of years, how many times has this happened? How many times has like something I thought was good gone bad? yeah, um, and he is interrupted in his musings by uh another per like another entity speaking yeah. directly to him for the first time and who knows how long like yeah a planet yeah like a yeah, planet sized creature with creatures on it yeah <laughs> very spooky again this is like like him like at this point yeah. he's made up of 30 ships he's like a giant construct he's not just an intelligence in one yeah. point and so like him this is a big scary construct and it's like hey elemis yeah like, Elast- i've heard do-gooders. about i've heard all about you
0: yeah, I've heard about all those like cool planets you saved. Too bad I had to like I had to destroy a couple of them because you right, did too like, good nice a Nice planet, yeah. <laughs>
1: um. Uh. So this is Cryak.
0: Yeah. What's up? It's Cryac, giant hey. planetoid evil right. being.
1: Remember in book seven. Remember forty <laughs> books ago when Jake saw that giant red eye.
0: <laughs> so hey. it turns out that red eye is like what's left of whatever Cryac was originally, because mm-hmm. he's like. This, like, terrestrial creature that's just, like, merged with this planet-slash-technological yeah. thing similar it reads to the Elimist.
1: Yeah, it reads a lot like the Elimist, who in turn reads a lot like Father. And uh, yeah. Tumen even reflects on, like, oh my god, like, we're so much alike. I've become, yeah. like, a high-tech version of Father. Yeah. I've been losing to my own arrogance. What's wrong with me?
0: Yeah. Um. So I think he, he's trying to fight that by doing good. But mm-hmm. then Cryak shows up and all he cares about is destroying things and like
1: that's literally he's he's entropy cryak is just like hey i'm here to erase literally all life in the galaxy and like you can't say anything to stop me that's just what i want i'm gonna kill everything good you've ever done and when i'm done with that i'll kill you last
0: yeah like there are these two like concepts of life and death that are like bored and floating around space
1: which is Uh really horrible and cool and like intense Uh, yeah on a galactic scale Um, so they spend a while just, like, literally playing this giant chess game of life and death across the galaxy. Well, Cryak says, you
0: are a gamer. And then he goes, aren't we all? (laughs) No longer, I lied. I no longer play a game. I do what I can to make this a better galaxy. Um, but then they decide to play these games because... Sol- or like,
1: Cryek decides to play these games, and by, it is like Saw style, like, if you don't play my game, everyone is going to die. Yeah. If you play my game, you can save one person, and the yeah. other is just like, well, I guess I gotta bust I out I'll my old gaming mouse. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're playing these games, and it's kind of
0: like the opening of the book, the mm-hmm. games he was playing, except, like, they're real now.
1: Yeah. And... Um, and it's very, and I mean, it's, it's sad. It is difficult for the Elemist, really I think, to even comprehend things on this scale anymore because he's become so otherworldly. But, like, one of the first species who dies is, like, uh, the the species that killed the cats way back at the start yeah. of the book, like, Crack, just blows yeah. up their planet because he almost guesses something wrong. Yeah,
0: He does, like, you know, in the Dark Knight when Bruce, oh, yeah. the bus <laughs> Bruce has the to thing. pick one place, one thing to save, and, like, the Elemist tries to go for the, I'll save all of them, but he ends up... They all get destroyed because the Kryak was ahead of him. Yeah. Um. And he says even that he he couldn't afford to lose to Kryak, but also he like he needs Kryak because he's the only other thing like yeah. him. Um. So they're playing these games, and they start to realize that like the only thing that'll happen if they keep playing this way is that everything, including them, will be destroyed.
2: Right.
1: Right. Um, so they're they're they they uh the their fight has taken place on such a grand scale that like. I think they start to get into direct conflict with each other like the almir yeah. has been doing his thing um he's He casually mentions that like my mission has been to spread life, so I realized like after thinking back on his time as an Andalite, the best way to do that is to seed it in as many places as possible. So he makes he decides he's going to design a species for the first time, and he makes the Pimalites. The
0: and he was like, they did such a good job; they went all over. It's so sweet. They spread so much life and happiness, and I was just like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) one good thing Uh, comes
0: out of this. Um. Yeah, so he gets to do a couple good things, but they end but up then deciding. He, yeah,
1: he runs into Cryak directly again, and they fight each other directly for the first time. Like, not just playing these games with each other, but like literally trying to kill each other's physical bodies. And because they're so big, like, the way they fight is, like, they fire asteroids. He talks casually about, like, we drained all the energy out of a star, and we shot at each other, and uh, we just killed the whole galaxy that way.
0: Yeah, no big deal. Um...
1: So they're, they're destroying solar systems. They're ruining yeah. life everywhere. And the Elemist is, like, kind of very coldly and calculating, like, I know I'm destroying a lot of life, but at this point, I'm looking at these graphs, and one is yeah. how much how much quickly I'm getting stronger and can I beat Kryak before we literally destroy all life yeah. in the universe? Yeah. Shrug?
0: Yeah. There is also a cool part where the Elmist is saying that he keeps growing and getting stronger mm-hmm. and Cryak always stays the same. Because yeah. Because you can't get better at death. Yeah. Like, literally, he is death. Um, so the Elmist eventually realizes that they have to figure out some kind of alternative. Um. But also... he gets sucked into a black hole.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. sorry. Somewhere along the lines where he's, like, trying to change his ways. He's like, cool, I've got a new plan. Uh, What's this trap? I better check it out.
0: (laughs) Um, So he he gets sucked into a black hole, and it's kind of like... um, There's, like, parts where the kids are in Mm Z-Space, where, like, they become... They don't have a body anymore, but they're, like, experiencing the universe and everything like is when inside the elemist, out
1: yeah and the few times when the elemist has showed up to stop yeah. time and show them like visions of the past and present they go into this this other plane of being where yeah. like they can see the strands of space-time yeah. like strings around them yeah the big mood yeah <laughs> <Too much. laughs> big mood. um <laughs> deep worm yeah
0: so he realizes that he isn't dead even though like this black hole like
1: ate kills. all of his 500 bodies yeah. or whatever it is <laughs> um and, but Cryak thinks he's dead at this point. Like, yeah. Cryak spent a little while, he, from his place, from his perch, at the on the strands of space-time, he could, like, somehow translate those into seeing what Cryak was doing across, like, distant centuries as Cryak hunted yeah. down all of his remaining bodies and destroyed them all. So now the Elemist is, like, invisible, just hanging <laughs> out in space-time, watching Cryak kill stuff.
0: Um, so he ends up coming out of the black hole. I don't think so. Not I think sure he stays in it, in it forever. Yeah. yeah.
1: So he he spends a long time just watching because he realizes that like, okay, this is weird, and I'm kind of super powerful. But as soon as Kryak figures out that if he just goes into a black hole, he will also become super powerful, he will do that. Yeah. So I have to choose my yeah. way to strike very carefully. Um, and so. he can
0: he can send a projection of himself, which is yeah. what he's been doing all this time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so he he sends a projection to Cryak, um, and Cryak is saying. Well the Elemus is saying I don't have an advantage anymore, but we're equals now. You can't harm me personally. Um so Elemus is saying we could just watch everything happen, or we could destroy like everything and ourselves. Um, or we could play a game and we can make
1: a million complicated rules. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: and Kryak's like, look, I got nothing else to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I guess I'm literally now also ascended into Unto Godhood. And I guess I'm a little bored here. I just, Let's like, play.
0: Cryak smiled his hideous smile. I'm not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, Cryak is just Jared Leto Joker, yeah. isn't he? Is like the level like of...
0: the big mood of like when you're um, – I took an overnight bus to Toronto. Um the first <laughs> the year Yeah, the first year I went to TCAF and like we played Pokemon with this stranger and it was great because nice. like we were like collectively my group of friends and this guy were so bored that we were like, "You know what? Let's all play Pokemon. Let's <laughs> battle." <laughs> And it's like, so you know Elias what? The has not been trapped on a long trip <laughs> yeah. with nothing to do but game. It's 2 a.m. We're on a dark bus. Every mm-hmm. four hours to get woken up because the bus driver has to take a break. <laughs> why not play some Pokemon with a stranger? <laughs> like, you know what? Uh, it's all uh. it's all going to happen. So that's their final... That's why these poor teens are stuck in this horrible situation. Is because they're playing Because God's got bored playing a game. Yeah. So then the epilogue
1: is... Oh, I can't talk about You have to talk. I can't do it. I will actually cry on air. (laughs) I'm sorry. It is very
0: sad. So um, the epilogue is the Elemis talking to an unnamed kid who dies at the end of Animorphs, um, who is one of the six, is one of the humans, because he mentions, uh, the Elemis mentions, um, like, you were an accident. You were,
1: like, the human race
0: accidentally included you. Um, yeah, and it's,
1: like, the human race uh, fighting for its own survival, yeah. which is very sweet. Um, And so the kid is
0: just kind of asking, like, um, I can't ask if we win, I can't ask if it'll be okay, but, like, did I make a difference? Was I worth it? And the element says, yes, you were brave, you were strong, you were good, you mattered. Um, Which is heartbreaking, but it's also, like, all, I think, all humans want, which is part of why it's so devastating. yeah. Um, and that's just the end of the book is this character dying (laughs) and the Elemist kind of seeing it happen. And that's a fun end of (laughs) the book. I love love animals. I love
1: I love to be read to the marrow of me. Yeah.
0: So that's heartbreaking and sets up like, oh hey, these next like couple books are gonna be (laughs) real chill, y'all. You already know one of your kids is going to oh. die and you have like a real connect like it's more than just tonight one will die <laughs> it's it's like a real like oh they they mattered
1: but also <laughs>
0: Uh, can we talk about,
1: can we, can we mention deep worms? Because they keep deep really worms. wanting to say. Yeah, please. Deep we worms. need to
0: like bounce back into the goofs Ugh. because that was yeah. rough. <laughs>
1: that was so um, much. But yeah, so that's, that's a curse on Ket home planet. It's like deep, deep worms is what the Elemist says whenever he's feeling frustrated. Yeah, he's it's like, like <laughs> the elders, elders just don't <laughs> understand. He's yeah. like
0: deep worms. When will I get my chance to be on... <laughs> yeah
1: so big worm big mood big deep worm mood big, big worm, suffering deep worm big suffer yeah. <laughs> oh i love these books yeah. i like man i don't i don't want a tattoo of you mattered but like <laughs> yeah no I, I want to imprint it on the inside of my skull yeah it's really it's good
0: like it's really like it's like what i think all people like all everyone yeah. wants to hear on that a at like level. yeah at like the very base like Distilled down to the least number of words, and it's yeah. really beautiful. And like the Elmist is a character who, when he says that, I know that he understands because he's talking to himself, too. Kind of, yeah, Baby um, two men. So, yeah, it was really, really good and a lot sadder and more emotional than I thought
1: this book would be yeah. when I,
0: I went in knowing he's a gamer, he's boy. a gamer teen. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel, I pitched it poorly to you. I mean, every- or having remembered only the start and the end of it, I was like, oh yeah, he well, just like, plays some games. It's fine. The first
0: one third basically is him just being.
1: <laughs> this is true. Yeah. A um, cool game routine.
0: But yeah. that it, It's a really cool, weird book.
1: So we're yeah. going to give it a read. Yeah. We did, uh, our 20 minutes did turn into an hour. <laughs> like. <laughs> that's fine. That's how it's going to be. Um, yeah. This is, I don't see this changing anytime yeah. soon.
0: Okay, so we're gonna go talk with Hani, and we will be back with you.
1: Yep. (laughs) So, welcome back to Morph Club. Uh, We are here now with our friend Hani Brosh, who we're very
2: excited to talk with about the Elemist Chronicles. Hi, Hani. Hi, I'm Hani. I'm Saffron Scarf on the Internet, and I have been waiting 18 years to talk about this book.
0: Yeah, you Ugh. you were, like, gunning to talk about this book, like, yes. when we were just joking about doing
1: a
2: podcast,
1: so yeah. I'm glad. I think literal, <laughs> literal years ago, yeah. like, sitting in the corner at SPX <laughs> Prom, oh, <with> yeah. joshing <laughs> about a future Morph Club to be.
2: Yes, I've been, like, ready and willing and waiting uh, is probably one <laughs> of the more important books that I read in my youth. So I'm just so excited to be here. Finally, finally, after like two years. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out,
1: 48, a lot of books. Took us a little course. while to get here. Mm-hmm. A lot
2: of chronicles, a lot of laughs, goofs, and so much horror. A and lot, of, a way. Cheese, so a lot many of trauma. Of serious, so much, so oh, much j- suffering. Boy, and talk about suffering. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yeah, so look let's, book let's talk about suffering, yeah. yeah, you said this is one of the
2: most important books to you what what made it so um, so I will take you back in time a little to the year two thousand <laughs> uh, <laughs> this book came out, I think October two thousand uh mm. and in two thousand, like I was right. I was just coming off what I consider probably the best summer of my childhood. (laughs) I spent a lot of time, like, with my best friend. We were writing stories, writing fan fiction, and then we were writing our own original stories. Mm. And they all had a lot to do with space and kids on adventures. Um, And a lot of them were very, very influenced by Animorphs. Like, Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and influenced by the other things we were into at the time, like Harry Potter and Pokemon and, <laughs> for me, Spyro the Dragon. Um, yes, so, see, like, what a
1: rich cocktail. It
2: was. So, like, that particular summer was a – just, like, everything that I was into, it was just going into the stew of fan fiction and personal fiction that that we were writing. It was very fun and exciting, um, and it was, like, a feeling that I thought was going to last forever. And then it became – October of 2000 and I turned 13 and I realized, I know I turned 13 (laughs) and I realized (laughs) the worst age really was. And that was weird. It was like a weird time because I was like, you know, puberty was happening. Changes were happening that I didn't understand. I was getting really sad for reasons I didn't understand. And
1: Mm.
2: yeah, and Animorphs was ending. Like it was finally starting to end. And that was weird for me because, uh, with the Elemis Chronicles, and especially with, like, the opening of the book, I realized, you know, we learned that not all the animals are going to survive. Yeah. And maybe there wasn't going to be a happy ending to this story that I've been following for, like, years and years.
1: Uh-huh. So, Aww.
2: it was, uh, I don't know, it was really, uh, weird. It was just a weird time in my life, and it was, and I asked specifically for the Elemis Chronicles for my 13th birthday. <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> little did you know. And I know what a tone it would set, but it was, uh, it was still, like, a really important book, and it was, like, the scope of the Elemis Chronicles is so much bigger than anything that happened in Animorphs before yeah. it. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's huge. It takes place, you know, it starts off with, like, some alien teenager some bird alien and
1: <laughs> some a, bird gamers a gamer
2: boy some a gamer some flapping
1: boy. birds you might say yeah, yeah and then it just <laughs> an becomes angry bird
2: <laughs> continue i'm sorry the fu- sorry no the full
1: bird continuum has been reached that's okay i was gonna like You've try ascended. to keep
2: it real serious now but how could banjo kazooie too late that's it that's the only other bird game i know that is an interesting comparison i've like spent years trying to figure out what a Ketron looks like and Banjo-Kazooie is, yeah. you're probably not far off.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably both of Four, four eyes, like, two wings,
0: four legs. Can't yeah, like Banjo-Kazooie if they were one animal. Yep. Yeah. One weird creature. Yeah, um, but with just a bunch of quills on top. Yeah. Yeah. The
2: quills, like Knuckles, the echidna. There's a <laughs> lot. <laughs> oh, we're coming
1: full fan fiction Oh, my so really God, I, can see it. I I'm it's
2: like, already imagining the collage we're going to build this this and <laughs> out of. Um, but yeah, like it, oh man, I like think about it all the time. Like this, Mm. this giant space odyssey, I guess is a good Mm -hmm. word for it. Like this one individual's, you know, humble beginnings into unimaginable horror and loneliness. And like, (laughs) it's, it's weird to think about now. Like when I was a kid, I thought, uh i mean i could i don't know how to describe it like it wasn't as big as it seemed and now that i'm a little older and uh, maybe a little wiser it's <laughs> like unimaginably huge and it's yeah like wild to think about um yeah this book is like the
0: you're like traveling like like each chronicles book has been like a viewpoint farther like the animorphs are just kids so like each chronicles book has been like hey we're gonna pull out a little and see like the wider shot and then this book is like we're gonna see the full like galaxy yeah and, like other universe. dimensions
1: <laughs> right it's the it's the end of men in black when we yeah. pull out and the galaxy <laughs> is just a little marble on Orion's belt. spell exactly uh, yes. but we've talked to before about like the emotional compression that kind of happens when you read books as a young yeah. kid and how like kind of what you latch on to and sticks with you is only the individual or for me at least or for us at least like the individual narrative is what we remember the most strongly and not like the larger scope of the war or mm. the greater consequences beyond yeah. it. So like what I remembered was like Tuman as a baby teen and then like he has a hard time and then he's God but I had forgotten like <laughs> literally everything between start and end. Yeah.
2: I mean the things that I remember the most and like that stuck like struck me when I was 13 and now they still stick with me like Mm -hmm. to this day. And I think about them all the time. Um, I think about like the, the really quiet moments. Like Mm. it's like crazy to say now, but I think about like his underwater imprisonment on father's moon and how, I mean, when I think about it now, like that's unbelievably horrifying. And if that happened to me, I don't think I'd be able to go through it the way that he did. Um, But, like, when I go back and read it, like, I remember there's something, like, kind of peaceful about it, even though, you know, he's, like, going through this really horrific thing. Um, But, like, when he, you know, he's inside his own head, he learns music, he teaches himself music, and he, Mm -hmm. like, kind of, you know, utilizes the the, the grief that he feels and the loneliness to create something beautiful. And that's music.
0: I feel like that's really, um, like, when you're a kid, there's a lot of time you spend, like, killing time waiting for stuff to happen, at least for yeah. me. as uh-huh. an, I was an only child, so maybe, maybe this is something I had a lot more, but, like, I feel like there's a lot of time when you're a kid when it's, like, well, like, I'm waiting for my mom to pick me up, so I'm going to sit here, and I have to wait ten minutes, so... I'm just going to think about this book. I like you, you have time where you, you're going through like mental,
1: uh, your internal life is what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: like, you're so much more connected to it as a kid than you are as a grown-up. So yeah, I can kind of see, even though it's horrific, there is something kind of like really like that, that childhood feeling of like, well, you're stuck here. So you're going to think about it from all angles. And
2: yeah, even just like, when I was younger, I had a lot of trouble falling asleep. So I would just Mm. imagine things in my head and that would help me fall asleep. And you know, when you're just lying in the dark and you can't do anything because you have to go to bed, Mm -hmm. you just, you know, form things, you form images, you make stories. Um, and going back to the themes of loneliness, which I think was probably the biggest theme in this entire book. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a very lonely kid. I had a lot of trouble making friends and especially like at that age. And Uh, That summer that I spent with my best friend, she lived an hour away, and she was kind of the only friend that I had, like, that creative connection with. Mm. So Mm -hmm. it was very hard to, like, you know, spend so much time not hanging out with her, and then we finally get these weekends to hang out together and write these stories. Um, And, I don't know, I feel like the the themes of loneliness, those I still remember, and I remember, like, how after Tooman spent his, his... years and oh god was it centuries or decades like doesn't matter time has no meaning in this book (laughs) it was a long long time uh and then after all these years he's like this giant spaceship And he meets other sentient creatures again for the first time in such a long time. And he's so happy to just talk to someone, even though they want to kill him. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's like, there is something, there's like some kernel of the teen experience where you're just so hungry for someone else to understand. Yeah. Mm You're, because like, I feel like everyone has like the stuff that they're into and the stuff they're feeling. And the connections you're making as, at, like, 13, where you're like, this it, this song is the only thing that yes. like really expresses how I feel. And people who don't understand <laughs> this song don't understand me, so I'm just floating around the hallways right. trying to find someone else who gets it. Like I'm putting it in every, every. aim-away message that I
2: possibly <laughs> <Yeah>. can. <laughs> in every mem. At the, at the bottom of every mem.
1: mem. Yeah, not This too. is my mem signature. Crawling not- in
2: my pods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not to um, distract from that really beautiful like personal connection with this book, but I can't believe they're mems.
2: I know. And pods <laughs>
0: and and moans.
2: And and deep worms. And worms. Deep the worm. deepest worms. Deep worms. I never thought that this book could be so relevant in the year 2018. <laughs> 2018,
1: but here what? we are. What?
2: 2018? This book, this book should have come out 2018. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's like I look! Look! Looking back at it now, like, these were clearly metaphors for, like, MMOs and, you know, s- Skype calls, I guess. Like, <laughs> I was barely on the internet when I was 12 and 13. Like, I yeah. had just mm-hmm. discovered, like, Pokemon fan sites. But I wasn't yep. talking to other people. I hadn't discovered yeah. Instant Messenger. Um, so, this stuff all sounded like, whoa, these <laughs> yeah. aliens have this... Internet, this (laughs) Uh unit in a crystal, (laughs) and it was really cool. And like you know, I didn't know what a dam and a sire was. Yeah, these these like really basic things sounded really cool and alien. And I, I like look at animorphs as like really, really good like basic early science fiction for young kids and young Mm -hmm. maybe early teens. Yeah. Even though like now you know he's talking about his pre sire and that's just (laughs) his grandpa.
0: Yeah, I didn't think, I realized what that like terminology meant until you said that to me earlier yeah today. <laughs> i I do think it's interesting like the way the um gaming culture um in the cat planet is because it feels like a relic of two thousand in a way that's kind of nice <laughs> <it's> yeah like,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: right a more a more innocent yeah, time. Like, or I guess a time before uh larger awareness yeah. of the deep deep seated problem hotbeds mm-hmm. in gaming yeah. culture were widely known. The, They've always the been yeah, real deep is,
2: worms. Yeah, this is yeah. just the deepest the deepest
1: <laughs> most dangerous dune worms. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is just everyone plays this game and people lose a lot and everyone cares a lot about the rankings. That's it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like it's kind of yeah. nice. Like it's sort of
1: like this is right, the it's ideal. Just, it's uh, the the new grounds leaderboard yeah. of the Illness <laughs> planet.
0: Yeah, cuz uh, like I <laughs> we uh, we we spent some time when we first were like, oh, we're going to read this book. We were like, oh, this sounds like Ready Player One a little bit. Which, like, <laughs> like look, all of us have liked books that are, like, objectively to other people not great. So yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to... Oh, for sure. Um, but I, I from what I've heard about that book compared to this, like, they, they really were really serious about, like, realizing the difference between playing a game and then having to, in real life deal with life or death situations or having to like use games to deal with things. Like, cause he, he deals with the stuff with father by like focusing on the games and stuff. And I feel yeah. like there was like a level of um, really engaging in those ideas in, in this, that weren't in these books that are like for adults <laughs> that are yep. mm-hmm. about people like ostensibly about loving games. Like this is more like, games are really great they can like help you think strategically but also it's not the same as the real thing yeah like, actual and, war is
2: painful and and playing like alien spore or <laughs> sims uh can get you killed in space apparently yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that was like really brutal also like i remember being really shocked when like all of a sudden like the crystal was just destroyed by these aliens yeah. that came out of nowhere and like it seems like they were setting up like this whole like you know all the, the whole story will take place on ket yeah and then it doesn't mm-hmm. and then yeah. you think the story will keep taking place like the ketra nomads like they'll be the you know we'll keep the story following them yeah and then we don't <laughs> um it, it's like so I remember other...
0: it... oh no go, go. no yeah
2: like it just threw me for a loop a lot like it was it was a weird structure i was like I I remember also feeling like maybe I I wasn't in the mood to be reading, like, how sad everything was going to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like I wonder if it was originally going to be chopped up into three parts, like the Andalite Chronicles or something. Because it felt like I think the other Chronicles books are all structured. So there's, like, mini episodes within it. Like, they all feel like mini series. And this one feels like that, Mm -hmm. too where it feels like...
1: Yeah, I think they <laughs> were literally released as, like, separate yeah. books, right? Like, at didn't some point, Visser at least come out over two books originally? Yeah, oh, I, did I, mean,
0: I know. I Andalai thought it was all one book. Andelite Chronicles did.
1: Uh, that I might Visser, be thinking of... Yeah, I think I might be thinking of Andelite yeah, Chronicles. Yeah, I think
0: Visser was one of the ones that was only Visser. But this one seemed okay. like they could have easily chopped it up if they wanted. So I wonder if they... If they didn't actually do it, if it was like considered when they were writing it, so they were like, well, we, mm-hmm. we should split it up, or if that was just kind of like in the other books, they have a lot of like, we have to have a different like set piece, we have to know their action sequence in this part, so we gotta move, <laughs> we gotta move it on because <laughs> we're like jumping through his whole life in this book, yeah, yeah, and his second and then his third yeah. life.
2: <laughs>
0: <sighs> when you die in the game, you die in <laughs>
2: and yet <laughs> <laughs> um but i also one more thing that i like want to mention but like i just yeah. has stuck with me for all these years was like the part where he makes his andalite avatar and he spends like that <gasps> wonderful year oh. just like looking back on himself and editing himself and like kind of just reminiscing and i like still think about that that's like to me my favorite part in the book uh because it also is the Maybe first part besides Krayak and the Elamist himself that like connects back to the actual Animorph story. Mm. It's like the first, uh, well, maybe not the first, but I feel like it's it's like the the like a touchstone within the story. Yeah. Like we finally, get to the Andalites. We see how this all fits together.
1: Right, and, like, ties back into the Andalite creation myths yeah. of, like, this is why the Elemist is such a big figure in their culture and why they've all had such strong reactions every time, like, someone brings up, oh, an Elemist. Yes. We all know exactly what that creature yeah. is.
2: Yes, yes. Oh, I love this. But, part. yeah, the, the that quiet,
1: <laughs> you were talking about quiet moments and just the, not even the time he spends on the Andalite planet, but the the selection process of, like, okay, what is the core of me? Like, what are the values I want to preserve? what's the minimum amount of data possible that I can put together that people would look at and say like, okay, that's me. Like it's missing, you know, vast chunks of my life, Mm -hmm. but at its core, this is still a good representation of who Mm -hmm. I am. Mm
2: -hmm. And I feel like in a way, everything that he actually, that we actually see that we, the readers see in the book, like when I look back and read the book, I think like, that's like all the stuff that he put into his Andalite self. Like yeah. there was probably a yeah. ton of other oh. things that he did in his in his really really long life that obviously won't fit into like a two hundred page book or one hundred page book. <laughs> but like this literally just occurred to me in a second. Like maybe the the book that we have been reading is the edited version of his entire life that he yeah. put into his yeah that's self. His,
0: yeah this is that's like data well, it's like he's already had to think about when he was making that endolith self what the things that made him him are and like what formed his like philosophy about how he's gonna go on living. And mm-hmm. so like that's also what he so he's already done that. So like when he's talking to the anamorph
1: this child like yeah. I've
0: already had to think about which things are the most important about why I'm doing what I'm doing. So here you have to understand all this to understand it, but if you read all of this it'll all make sense somehow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you, animorphs is so yeah. good. No? <laughs> <laughs> do you do you feel like it made sense? Like, do you feel like this book um, made the entire like reading all of the animorphs? Do you do you feel like it, it connected some things? It made some things more obvious, or
0: it made me. I mean, I I didn't read this book um, as a kid, um, mm-hmm. so reading it now in where it is in the lineup of Animorphs books, it it did make me feel like the whole, like, chess game that he and Cryak are playing feels more... It feels more like I actually care about their stake in it. Whereas before, it was just kind of like, oh, there are these, like, godlike things playing a game with our kids. Like, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: they're, like, having this, like... uh, Like, I don't care. Like, that's, like, a setup, like, for why this is happening. But it was sort of, like, a flimsy like, surface level. So I feel like in this, it's like, no, the Elemist really does have a stake in this. He, and he is a lot like these kids, so you can kind of see why he keeps, like, he keeps meddling with them so he might win, but he also does care about these games he's playing. So it made me feel more like he has a stake in it. It's not just this, like, arbitrary thing that they found themselves in. Like, they're part of his ideals about, um what should happen in the galaxy. Like the, like people who are trying to do something good should win. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It it feels
1: like the difference between, uh, like you said, Megan, like a flimsy device, like literally having a deus ex machina, just like God in a box versus like, okay, like, let me tell you about Athena and like how she got to where she is. And this is why, this is why this actual character is doing this meddling and not just a plot device. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel a little bit of comfort that there will be, an ultimate winner in whatever game he's playing with Craig. Yeah. Just because thinking about, like, everything he's gone through and then now what he is in this kind of immortal time-space being... Yeah. Just... I hope sooner or later they <laughs> get to die. Get to have some peace. <laughs> yeah, please. But, I, know. but I, I...
0: Like, the fact that, like, we know a kid is dying, but, um, the Elemist gets to say that, like, what they did mattered. Like, I feel like... I know that things don't go great for the Animorphs in the end. I don't know all of the details, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but knowing that they, that this like being says that they mattered and that they made a difference is actually really important because that's all like these kids have like very real stakes of like, they just want to get through this and hopefully make a difference. And that actually does feel like comforting, even though this, kid is dying so one of our kids will die yeah. um
2: yeah that was a hard thing to accept when i read yeah. this book the first time and i feel like mm-hmm. if i like if, if i think about it I, th- I think i didn't like the book the first time i read it maybe mm. i don't remember i like i remember feeling I like feel <laughs> sad i feel like
0: i i would have had trouble with it because i would have been impatient to see what's actually happening with the animorphs which yeah. is how I felt initially going into to read this book um, this week. But, like, by halfway in, I was sold, and I was really into it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely read – I didn't read every single book, but once the ending started happening, I read every book leading up mm. to the end. And I did read the very last book with that same best friend who I wrote Aww. all these stories with, and she was a much faster reader than me, so she <laughs> – Oh, no. <laughs> she – No. <laughs> She reacted out loud to, you know, the the, the twists and turns the of the final book. I was uh-huh. like, Stop it. Stop done it.
0: I'm still getting through it. <laughs> Give me some time.
2: Ugh, <laughs> uh, Animorphs. Like it, it really is one of the most formative series for me and mm. a lot of that early writing style that I wrote that I wrote with, um, really was extremely influenced by the Animorphs and the games that I, like, played with the toys that I had. Like, I remember um, we had all these, like, Lion King toys and a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of random assortment of, like, McDonald's toys and stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. so influenced by Animorphs, I, like, pretended that they were all aliens, too. They were, like, (laughs) worm aliens that take on... Forms from you know Earth media, so they all took on the forms of these Lion King characters. <laughs> Good. Um, Good. I had uh oh, I had so many games and like so many stories that were so influenced by animorphs. Yeah. And I had a very big me and me and my friend wrote a big Pokemon fanfic that involved aliens that were in, inspired by animorphs. I had a, a hordegeir <laughs> andalite hybrid a- alien in there. <laughs> I had a lot. It was oh, you
0: under. When, when I was reading this book and they started talking about the pods and, and moans, I, I was like, what is this? Homestuck with this weird alien file. And then I realized like, oh, he probably read the Animorphs. Like that checks out. I feel like I might've heard that somewhere. Like no wonder <laughs> it's all coming together.
2: Yeah. And that's another thing that I loved about Animorphs is like really made me think outside the box in terms of what an alien could look like. Yeah. And-
1: Mm-hmm. I what? still... Right, they're not all Bioware yeah. aliens yeah. where it's just a human with, like, a face. Yeah, like it's not, like, the, just a
2: green a green human. Yeah, like old-school
1: Star Trek where
0: it's just, like, a lady in makeup. <laughs> or just here, we have this dog yeah. and we put it in a
1: crocodile suit. <laughs>
0: we, we put Antenna on this dog and Mitsu will hold it. <laughs> oh, I love that dog so much. Um, Mitsu. Ugh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I love Anorphs. Do you have a favorite character? Cassie was my favorite because she liked animals and I loved animals. (laughs) And the very first Animorphs book I read was uh, number four, where she turns into a dolphin. And that also was like so formative and important to me. And it made me believe that I probably could become an Animorph. Like aliens were real. I was like, how old was I? I was like eight or nine years old. I
0: like when you find out stuff about your friends where it's like, Oh, this is all making sense. Like <laughs> I wasn't there for this, but it's all slotting into place.
2: <laughs> um, I think the through line is clear. I think I mentioned this too. There was like another series that I read when I was a teen about, uh, kids who can turn into animals. I think it was called switchers. Um, uh, I maybe like I I'll have saw to saw
0: those on bookshelves. But yeah. I never
2: read and it was like, uh, kids can, can turn into animals until their like 15th birthday. If they discover they can, if they like, f- like something inside them, like just turns on, and they're able to turn into animals at, on a whim. yeah They just like wake up one morning and they're able to turn into a bear. Um, until they turn 15 and then they can't switch anymore. Yeah. So they have to decide on their final form before they turn 15. Uh, it was another really good book. Uh, sounds like a very good setup for some major on. Yes. yes in fact if you want to keep the Brother podcast Bear. going <laughs> if you need some more books to read after you're done Welcome with animals like Switchcast. here's another one <laughs>
1: <laughs> where well, we will actually only talk about breath of the wild <laughs> now that i say that name out loud but Welcome. Uh, so you said you said cassie dolphin is dolphin still your your
2: dream morph um Maybe. Birds were definitely something. I wanted to fly so badly. Yeah. Um, you want to more probably, Humphrey
0: now, though, right? Yeah.
2: I want to be my dog, Humphrey, because he has it so good. And he's, he's got
1: a sweet life. He's got a sweet life.
2: He rolls around. He has so many people who love him. And I love him. But, <laughs> but do I want to be him? I actually am not sure. I think I just really wanted to be a bird. I really wanted yeah. to fly... And I really believe that being an anamorph could, could happen. <laughs> that is
1: the magic of being yeah. eight. I, think. I know.
2: I know. Like some part of me was just like, it, it's gotta be real. They wouldn't yeah. write about it if it wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: maybe I'll find that cube. And then like, I uh-huh. could be like, not an actual anamorph. Cause it sounds like they're having a bad time, but I could be yeah. all the animals. Right. And just, how would like, I keep no
2: war?
1: Yes. Flying. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I don't know if it would be my battle morph. It would probably just be.
0: Battle morphs is such having... a hard, like a much harder That's decision. a separate category. Yeah. yeah. That's like who you are when you want to fight someone, which I think is different from who you are when you're having a good time.
2: <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. I I never really thought about it that much, actually. I, I think I wanted to be like a hork also. I wanted to turn into something that was big oh. and could climb trees I, I could also talk forever about the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. Anytime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Chronicles books are all pretty cool. Like, I like I think we've recommended people try reading them if they haven't read the main series. Because they're still, yeah. Yeah. like, they've got the weird flavor. But, like, without the having to keep up with, hun- like, 20 books.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which is, definitely. like,
0: a cool concept in this long-running series.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And and the Light Chronicles. I could really talk about all of them. I
0: (laughs) love them. I wonder what Uh, reading them in um, the order that they happened instead of the order they came out would be like.
2: Oh. That would be interesting.
0: Like, I think these books weren't really written for that to give you any kind of (laughs) cool Easter eggs or anything. But, (laughs) like, I was like, oh, this is really cool that you see, like, a history of. All these alien things happening in these chronicles books,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, While our teens wonderful. are suffering, yeah. I never realized that. I mean, I knew they were suffering, but like now that I go back and read them, I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah,
0: I think this when, is a lot. <laughs> I think when you're younger, it doesn't hit you as much because, like, yeah, you don't have the same understanding of how bad things can be and like yeah. you're well, hopefully you don't anyway. And like your internal sense of like how things would affect you is so skewed that you can kind of deal with a certain amount of bad stuff in fiction without mm-hmm. it completely yeah. <laughs> making you sad
1: derailing. Yeah. I, mean,
2: I also like knew that these are also books and they had a structure yeah. and they weren't going to like kill any of the main characters probably um which is what made like the ending really shocking to me yeah if i i
0: think if i had read this book it would have hooked me on to trying to keep up with power through to the end this is like a smart move because Mm -hmm. it like if you go and read this book that i think only came out in hardcover you will like be so much more interested in trying to finish it yeah, like you might go in going. I'll just get this one-off book and then I'll be done. But no,
2: yeah. <laughs> Good job, Martin. Team classic. Although I did the thing. I do have to say, now I can like confess it to the world. The ending of Animorphs really messed me up. <laughs> like <laughs> I think a lot of people. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of people have said that to
0: us <laughs> since. Yeah, some. It, uh, like people have been like traumatized by.
2: It definitely felt like a, a like a point of no return like like i said i had just turned 13 yeah and i like i feel like the end of animorphs was where i kind of realized like i'm not a kid anymore and i can't like go back (laughs) to that really wonderful summer i just had that i want so badly to go back to and experience again like i i was aware of how much my life was changing and how much i was changing and it was much it was like a the really, anomorphs. Much like go, the anamorphs. I was, can't
0: go back to a normal life at this point. They've seen oh, too much.
2: I know. It was it was very weird and I like I had a really hard time like accepting that, I guess. Yeah. I think I think that's something
0: I think that's one reason why this really works as a series. Like I think everyone has that like teen thing where you start to realize that things change and they're not going to be the same right. and bad stuff happens. And mm-hmm. like, you have to face that <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. Cause when you're a little kid, all everything just sort of happens to you and you don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's right. And
1: with, with this sense of agency yeah. comes like this understanding that, uh, things will not continue to be the yeah. way they are. And the only constant is change. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: I don't think these books are written as any kind of giant metaphor, but I think the reason why we as humans tell certain kinds of stories or because it like mm-hmm. resonates with these ideas that we have to deal with. Um, and it's, it's just really interesting because like these books clearly connected with a ton of people for a reason. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I have one last little story. Uh, Without spoilers, I did deal with the ending of Animorphs by writing a fanfic about uh, the the Animorph who dies (laughs) gets sent to the future to live a new life because the Elemist has reincarnated them into the future. And Uh then the Elemist helps the Animorphs go into the future to save this person and bring them back so there will be a happy ending that's Honey, that's so that's good. That's going to be what I'm
0: going to believe happens.
2: I believe yes. it happened, too. I, I never finished it. I think I wrote two chapters on fanfiction.net. Um,
1: <laughs> but I
2: remember... But well,
1: I, I am going to need yeah. that link. You we are going to have to send have that to me. Directly. I will <laughs> not. We can... No, Honey, you okay. okay. have to. I will swap. I will send I've been it. building a giant document of yeah. Animorphs fic for Megan oh. when she's done with the series, so <laughs> I, I will not This is my barter. tell my
2: fanfiction.net screen name here on this podcast yeah, because... No. Only among friends. <laughs> I was a little embarrassed. I, understand. I, never, <laughs> yep, I never wrote anything spicy, but I did oh, write a yeah. lot of *Spyro the Dragon* song fix oh. and some *Animorphs* fics. Oh my god, good! Oh. oh my god, good! I'm glad. And uh, I will send them to you guys. Uh, but to the listeners out there, just know <laughs> that I tried. I tried
0: <laughs> to make a happy ending, just like. They tried their best, and they mattered. Okay? They mattered. So. They mattered.
1: Oh, I can't. Oh I will cry again. No. <laughs> Don't make me do yeah, it. poor Carrie
0: was, like, full
2: on feeling
0: oh.
2: it. <laughs> I I uh, was, too. Boy. I do I, remember I, crying a lot over this book I, uh, during some particular, like, rough teen years.
1: Yeah, no, like... Oh, honey, I cried over this book two <laughs> nights
2: ago when I was
1: finishing it at like, 11 look, yeah. I mean, actually, <laughs> Like, look, I didn't actually... Woke up with my eyes swollen, like, what did I do last night? Oh, oh right.
0: Oh, no yeah no this oh. book was like this the, like the ending of this book really got me yeah
2: like, mm-hmm.
0: it it was just really good and a
2: really, i did yeah i <laughs> remember like specifically crying over the part where he's talking like once he escapes father's moon and he's like i thought about returning to ket but it would only cause me pain oh like i like that particular paragraph like specifically those lines like I have it committed to memory because it like used to just make me cry on command Aww. it was so <laughs> intense for me um now I'm like hardened and I can't cry at anything yeah. anymore <laughs> the problem but, is um, I
0: have like now when I think of this book I think of all these like really tragic like beautiful horrific scenes but then also the sequence where he's flying behind his crush and he's like I can see her I can see her pods and she was <laughs> spreading all kinds of moans and oh, like God.
2: that brings me back. What's <laughs> the duality? The of duality. <laughs> I do have to like credit the the structure of like that part. Like most something about like the the like this hanging out with his crush and like this Kettering society. Like I copied that particular structure for so many of like my original stories, where it's like some sort of festival, and like the main character meets their crush, and <laughs> they flirt, and like. Just these like things that I and then the festival blows up yeah. and then it all blows and it up and their destiny becomes apparent. I, there wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember my stories being like quite as brutal, but I was very, very influenced by Animorphs in like
0: so many ways. Yeah. No, like I think I think all of us who read these books at like the magic age yeah. age of like eleven, twelve, thirteen, like it's it's been it's like our brains formed around it's baked yes.
2: in yeah. yeah it's baked into your story DNA yeah. I mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. yeah Animorphs and like and Harry Potter were like the two yep. big ones for me at that yep. particular point in my life yeah um, that Redwall yes yep. actually Redwall was a little bit later for me I did write some Redwall fanfics but I, at that point <laughs> I was like 14 I was like feeling a little like oh I'm too old for this now yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta move on to anime <laughs>
2: yeah Except anime, I was, like, also, like, it was too beautiful for me. So I was, like, I can't possibly do anime justice. I can't be with the beautiful people. They're too much. Oh. Oh, that's that's very real. That's very good. Yeah. And Animorphs really, like, opened up space for me. Like, the concept of outer space. Um, It makes
0: sci-fi, like, I like that the science fiction stuff in these books is, like, messy and weird and, like, you don't... Like, there's science, but it's not... You don't need to understand it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think as... When I was, like, a teen or a kid, I thought sci-fi was, like, a little harder to understand and, like, a little bit sterile. Mm
2: -hmm. But this is
0: just, like... Look, we're a bunch of birds with a bunch of eyes and we're flapping. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there's like an, an airfoil and we've got mons. Crystals. <laughs>
2: we've got mons. There's we've got so many, many crystals.
0: I <sighs> was playing Kirby
2: 64 when. Uh, oh, all the crystals shards. Yeah, so yeah. like that was visually what I imagined Ket to look like. That's what the crystals look like to me. Like some kind Aww. of Kirby creation. So it wasn't like. It made it a lot harder when that Crystal was ultimately yeah. destroyed when everything was destroyed so brutally. <laughs> oh, Animorphs. Animorph. Animorphs. I love it. And I'm so happy. I'm like finally able to express all these yes. feelings. Yeah, and- no, I'm, I'm so
0: happy. I'm so glad.
1: <laughs> Me too. Uh, I'm so glad we got to have you here yes. in the Morph Club confessional yes. booth. So, of, this uh, is really
0: delighted. just like, yeah, this is a, uh, a priest's confessional where we make everyone just, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Spill their, their teen feels that they've been,
1: you know, just, just like the Animorphs, you spill your guts. Oh, oh. (laughs) Oh. yeah, you
0: You splurt those guts out (laughs) and you morph into a a better person.
2: Extremely. I'd like to think I did. I hope I did. I mean, I've like settled, I feel like emotionally I've settled down a lot more than Mm -hmm. I was when I was 13 and 14. Uh, In my heart, though, I will always be an Animorph.
1: Yeah. If there's, if there's one thing Animorphs has taught us all, it's that being a teen is incredibly difficult. No matter what species you are. It
2: it puts my teens. It put, it definitely puts my teen years into perspective. Yes. I, (laughs) I never had to fight my own brother who was possessed by a year. And really, what more could I ask for? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, that is the foundational level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Did not, did not have to deal with my possessed siblings. Yes,
2: yes. Didn't have to deal with being shot into space so many times. They went through a lot. Those kids went through a lot. I <laughs> it was wild need tea. these oh kids God. to have a nap. I
0: need them. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh. Wow. Well. I love them, though. <laughs> well... Thank you so much for thank you guys talking to us about Elmas Chronicles.
1: Yeah, honey. Thank you. I'm so glad yeah. we got to hear your experience with it and we can all suffer yes. together through the crucible of two men's life. Two many poor, lives.
2: Poor thank poor you so much. Bird child. <laughs> this poor boy. I know I, uh, I'm willing to talk about this anytime. I still have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Oh, I, I want to <laughs> just want to <please>? keep talking. <laughs>
0: Please, at Honey.
2: Yes. <laughs> With, find me, yeah. You can find me on the internet. On the, you can find me on the Uninet. My game <laughs> name is Saffron Scarf. Um. <laughs> <laughs> my chosen name is also Saffron Scarf. I chose it. Yeah. And you can find my art there too. I've been. I have a. I wanted to do a big drawing for this, and I didn't find the time. But someday you'll see Look. my 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 big attempt at drawing the Elamist as he was oh. as a giant space god nice, someday nice, nice. oh i want to see Look, it i
1: want to see I it. i will take that whenever it happens yes <laughs> there's no right yeah. time it's always the right time
2: literally any time will be the perfect yes. time so yes you can mem me on the internet <laughs> anytime <laughs> if you want to talk about the Elamist chronicles i'm always down yeah. thank you so much carrie and megan i am Yay. so glad i finally got to talk about yeah. the Elamist chronicles here me too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. And if you ever want to read my fanfics, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, you can read them. Too Megan, bad. you can read them. <laughs> <Nice>. Anybody <laughs> else? All right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You have to get
1: your own friends Anybody to give else, them. Uh, <laughs> write Your own scar, fanfics. Ask very nicely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you so much, guys.
0: Thank you. So that was the Elvis Chronicles. <laughs> um. <laughs> You can talk to us on Twitter at Morph Club Cast or using the hashtag Morph Club Cast.
1: You can also uh, find us on the Facebook group Morph Club mm -hmm. Cast if you search for Morph Club Cast on Facebook. It is the kindest corner of the internet and it makes me very happy. Yes.
0: Um, If you would like to leave us a review on iTunes, it helps other people find the podcast Um, and I think it helps us get like easier to find or something yes and
1: um, it's what we can present to Cinnabon someday to say please just please. give us one free bun yes. that's literally all I've ever one wanted one bun please one bun one um, bun and done and yeah. if you want to uh help help support the show in other ways you can find Megan who does all of the editing and cutting for this show on Patreon at Megan Brennan
0: um and you can find Carrie at Patreon at Carrie Draws. She does most of the social media at this point.
1: <laughs> um, thank no, God. <laughs> I think that is, that is balanced, but I'm still I'm still trying to filter out any spoilers. But y'all have been very thoughtful and kind in yeah, not, no, I'm really not doing that. So thank you very much.
0: Yeah, we've gotten into the point where it's hard to talk yeah. about things without spoilers. So I appreciate people trying
1: it all. Me um, too. But keep keep sending us your fan art. Yeah, it's so yeah, good. It's yeah. always a delight.
0: Um, so we will see you next time with the next book in the series. Which
1: is book 48, The Return. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so we'll catch you next time.
1: See you then. Bye. Bye.